Blake, my guy. What's up, baby? How's it going today, man? Thanks for uh, coming on, cutting it up with Cody today. Of course. Excited. So here with me today, I got Blake Bonner, a realtor in Sioux Falls, South Dakota area, and a very, very, very close friend of mine some days. Um, And so I want to introduce you guys. I want to talk about uh, a couple of things with him um, that we'll get into in the first few questions. Uh, First of all, he's a real estate agent and investor for the BB Realty Group. Uh, Keller Williams, Sioux Falls, uh, recently engaged. Hello. Congrats, by the way. Thanks, sir. Congrats. Got to work a little harder now. Providing for two. Yes, sir. Exciting stuff, man. Big leap, no doubt. So the reason I wanted to have you come on here today was because you're one of the most driven people I know. Um, you're, you know, what what number are you at Keller Williams? There in Sioux Falls? Usually uh, top three. Okay. So, and how old are you? 27. And been in the business how long? Just hit five years this month. And how many sides do you think you'll do this year? Uh, this year we'll do about 130. 130 yeah. sides. How many of those are your personal production? Or are they all personal production? Uh, about 80, 85 of those will be mine. And then... The majority. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So first question for you, I'm not going to give you any softballs or anything like that. Just so you know, uh, what, like, dude, you're 26 years old. You're number three at Keller. One of the youngest guys there, but you're at the top. How'd you get there so fast? So, you know, it's, it's an awesome question, man. Cause this is, uh, this is something that I can put back on you, uh, which is fun. Because the reality of it is, man, you know, just as well as I do that this when people talk about this being a people industry, uh, it's not only the people that you surround yourself with as far as clients go, uh, but all your strategic business partners and the people that help you grow to be where you're at. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk about this the other day uh, in another podcast, basically talking about how uh, truthfully, you know, I'm only a small portion of the reason why. And probably 95% of the reason why I'm at where I'm at today is because of people like yourself, uh, great business partners, people, mentorship that I've gotten through, great partners I've met along the way that have helped me kind of grow, learn, become more evolved as a business person. And uh, so, yeah, man, it's just the people, really. So I, I kind of already knew you were going to go there when I asked that question. So I prepared a follow-up question to dive a little deeper into that. So obviously I know a lot of realtors, I'm a mortgage lender. Those realtors that I know are not, you know, 26 years old, top three in the company. I know them. I'm willing to help them just as much as I'm willing to help you. What's the difference? You know, I think honestly, it, it comes down to, to real connection. I think where I made the mistake early on is I did what I thought I was supposed to do. And I was with running with the people I thought I was supposed to run with, right? And I think the big switch for me is when you and I started to work together and then become closer friends throughout, you know, the last four years now. Uh, I started to learn what the benefit was to having somebody that I actually get along with, I enjoy, I could actually uh, spend time with if we weren't doing business-related activities at all. Uh, Because truthfully, the friendship is what makes the relationship so valuable uh, because I actually care about the people that are in my space now. And so it's more strategic. Whereas before I was just saying, I need to fill this role with this type of person. And now it's, I want to fill this role with the type of person that is perfect for my type of business. Right. And then it goes so much further because now I'm, I'm driven to help you grow just as much as you are me. Right. I want to see you succeed. I want to see good things happen to you, uh, which makes me, happy to pour into you. And then obviously the law of reciprocity, man, is what brings us all together. It keeps moving forward. Absolutely. It's like that relationship bank account. We talk about all the time where, you know, if you want to go start a relationship with somebody, it's no different than open up a checking account. You can't just walk into, you know, Wells Fargo and say, Hey, I want to open up a checking account and withdraw a hundred grand. They can be like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Right. You haven't deposited anything. There's nothing in there. What do you mean? You want to withdraw money? What are you talking about? Exactly. Oh, a hundred. 
hundred percent agree there. Um, so one of, one of the biggest things that stands out to you about me, and this is not a knock on you at all. This is a compliment, um, is, you know, obviously I know a lot of realtors when it comes to sales and outgoing piece of it, you're not the most outgoing and you're not the most salesy that I know when it comes to the, the talent side of the sales. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, cause I know it took you like a year or two to realize that that wasn't your, that wasn't your deal. And it, it was like, as soon as you realized that your production, like, tripled, yeah. right. So, so talk to me about, about that realization and how you came to that and what you started doing and you know how you differentiate, differentiate yourself from that person. Totally, man. I, uh, so that was actually a big thing that I learned. Uh, it took me a little while, but I think when we get into real estate or, you know, your industry alike, right. You get into a new sales type industry. There's a, uh, there's a way to do things, right. That everybody believes to be true. You, you get on the phones, you're cold calling all day long, your cold appointments. Uh, so that's what I thought I needed to do. I was hitting for sale by owners, expireds, paid ad leads, which you were way too familiar with because you were right alongside oh, yeah. me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, activity levels were through the roof, but <laughs> sales ability, again, the skill levels were so, so low that it just, the, the uh, ROI was not really there. And so what I really started to steer into is uh, I started to look into where actually my, my profitable relationships, where are my deals coming from uh, and where are the activities that are actually giving me the best ROI. Uh, and that's when I started to realize, okay, well, the people I enjoy working with are the people that I'm either getting referred to or referred from, uh, from the people I already enjoy being around. Uh, those are the, the better uh, deals, the more fun people to work with, and they're easier to get as opposed to the you know, 10,000 calls it takes to, to meet somebody that generally didn't have anything in common with in the first place. I would never get referred from later. Um, so it was actually gravitating more towards what am I good at? What do I enjoy? Right. And where's my time best spent? Well, I'm more relational. I, I'm more deep dive with people. I like to actually care about people and, and, you know, have people pour into me just as much as I pour into them. I mean, having, again, when you come back to that relationship piece, that's what's so significant to me about what we do. Um, so I kind of moved more into what I'm good at and what I enjoy and, and moved away from, uh, what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And that was a pretty pivotal moment in my business. As I started to kind of notice, I uh, went from, you know, 10 deals to 30 deals to 70 to 130 to now again, you know, about the same level of, of deals again. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, you know, you and I talk about this all, off camera all the time about, you know, there's a lot of mortgage lenders that call 40 realtors every Monday. Right. And, you know, I'm the same as you and, and I'm, I'm more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. And I just, I, it, not that I can't do it cause I have, and I did for a long time, but it was just like, do I really want to show up to work every day and do something that I hate that I absolutely hate? Like it was miserable that I know is not me. Right. Yeah. Everything just felt fake. Like nothing. you like, you and I are like, we're the super deep guys. Like, go really deep in relationships versus really wide net. Um, that's something you and I have obviously talked about a ton because we're both, you know, we're both somewhat introverted when it comes to that. So when it comes to your business, tell me like your team structure right now. Yeah. So still involved in active sales. Like I said before, I mean, still doing a, you know, a bulk of the heavy lifting and I don't really anticipate myself getting away from that anytime soon. Uh, but you know, in conjunction with that, still doing some, some team leader, uh, kind of team management type things as well. Uh, I've got a handful of agents, a couple of which are part-time, uh, which actually has worked out quite well as well. Just helps them accomplish their goals and, and you know, myself accomplish mine as well, you know, with, with our partnership. And then uh, we do have one time. So I want to I wanna dig into that one piece right there okay. real quick, just so I don't cool. miss it. So when it comes to your part-time agents, what do you utilize them for like helping with your own clients and also, like, is it kind of like a, you know, back and forth, you're adding value to them by showing them the business, they're adding value back to you by, you know, obviously you get a split, but at the end of the day, that really pays for what they actually cost. So are you using them as like buyer, as almost buyer's agents or showing assistants? You know, it's interesting. So actually my, my two full-time guys are actually who help a lot with, you know, the team clientele, the extra showing, you know, 
heavy lifting in that sense, doing the open houses, things like that. But the part-time guys actually, just due to their time constraint, they're not as much, um, you know, team support as, as they are kind of lead generation, bringing in new people, uh, introducing us to new spheres. It helps them continue to grow, helps them, uh, you know, move upward in financial, uh, you know, financial growth and in real estate investing. Um, and truthfully, it doesn't actually cost us, um, you know, as much because a lot of the, the leads will actually go to the full-time guys and they've kind of come to terms with the fact that uh, they're more working out of their sphere and their database uh, and they generate their own deals. Um, so that kind of helps cover their split. Um, and for them, it's more of like, we can grow together. They can, they can leverage me, my knowledge, my resources, uh, you know, our assistant for the team and, uh, and, you know, meanwhile still grow on, on their end too. So that's, it's, it's an interesting way to do it. I don't know that I necessarily would have thought that would be something I would enjoy out of the gate, but it, it has worked out quite well. Yeah. Awesome. So when, when it comes to, you know, obviously you're a badass agent, like you've, you've done a lot of deals, like you've grown super fast. What has been the biggest learning curve going from agent to, you know, CEO? Yeah. Well, I think you can speak to it too, being in the similar position that leadership, man, is a whole new skill, new category to learn. I mean, and it's something that kind of happens by default as you step into the team lead role, right? You know, we don't necessarily go into real estate or mortgage or any, you know, like industry thinking that we're going to be a boss or a leader, right? Like we, we're, we're in sales, but eventually, you know, your sales as they kind of, uh, double, triple, you know, throughout your career, well, you need help, right? So then you start bringing on people. Well, you know, the second you bring on people, you're no longer just a salesperson, right? Then you're a boss, a leader, uh, and you need to learn how to do that effectively. I mean, managing people is one of the most difficult things I've ever done. And it takes a ton of effort, right? Honing on those skills, learning how to be better for them, learning different leadership styles and how everybody kind of learns differently. Uh, it, it, man, that's, I mean, probably 10 hours a week, right, is spent doing that and growing in that space. Uh, because when you find good people, you want to keep good people, right? And so you got to become a more evolved version of yourself in that space relatively quickly, or else they're going to be gone before you can Absolutely. say, you know, I'll give you a pay raise or whatever else, right? Absolutely. And it's like, it's like the hardest part, the hardest part for me to learn there was the not everybody wants it as bad as I do. That's why they work for me. And that's why they're not on their right. own. That was the hardest, that was the hardest dial to turn back of, I want everybody to work as hard. I wanted everybody to work as hard as me right. and care as much as me. And they're not gonna, it's not going to happen. Well, it's just, yeah, that yeah. Is, I mean, it's not their place to, right? If they did, they'd do it on their own and that'd be fine. And I tell people too, mm -hmm. especially when they join my team, I said, if your goal is not to eventually leave my team, you're probably not a good fit for my team. I said, I'm going to be a stepping stone. Yep. I want to help you get to where you want to be. You can emulate me and grow alongside of me and, you know, learn a lot and make money along the way. But if you're not ambitious enough to want to see yourself in these shoes someday, uh, then you're probably not the right fit. So, and I, I want to touch on this piece too, before I move, before I move away from the team part, you know, obviously in the real estate game, when it comes to buyer's agents and being on a team, that turnover is usually very fast. Yours has not been fast. Why? Like what kind of value, do, what do you feel differentiates you and why you've been able to retain your agents versus, you know, you go anywhere else, they're on a team for six months and they're gone. Yeah. So you're right. We do see a lot of that, uh, you know, in our office and with other teams, uh, there's a lot of turnover because I think a lot of people join teams for the wrong reason. Uh, we do a lot of vetting for that reason too and make sure that people are signing up because they want to learn from me and, you know, hone in on skills and how to do things the right way. Uh, whereas I think a lot of people join teams just for leads, right? They want it to, uh, they want it to be a little bit of a safer transition from what they were doing into something that's going to give them leads right away so they can start closing deals. And while we do give out deals here and there, uh, we don't really pay for online leads anymore. Um, so any leads that I'm able to hand to the team are organic, right? You know, sign calls, uh, referral call-ins, things like that. So, uh, you know, they'll get some, but it's not a ton. I mean, a lot, a lot of the things that they're getting from me are, value-add pieces on how to be a better business person, how to be a better leader. And I think they look at that and they are able to predetermine, well, am I, you know, if I step into that role today, you know, how would I do, right? And I think they're kind of able to gauge, well, I'm maybe not ready for that yet. You know, I'm not ready to necessarily do P&Ls with my team and budgets with my team every month. And I'm not ready 
to, you know, run and operate, uh, you know, how I see things going uh, within BB team. Right. And so, uh, but again, too, I feel like when they, when they do feel like they're ready, I want them to go. Right. I think that the beautiful thing of having a team is you build these people up and you give them a life that they have wanted and then they can kind of do it on their own. I think it's pretty cool. So when it comes to your leadership, I know that that's been something that you've like, you've hyper-focused on for the last, you know, year or two. Who are the three most influential people in your life that you go to for advice Ooh, and why that's, those uh, That's a tough one to narrow it down to three because truthfully, I mean, there's probably three in every category, you know what I'm saying? So like if I went for business leader, I, I mean, I mean, like the, I mean, like the three, like go to, like you talk to all the time, like they're your board of advisors right. type. You, uh, you know, what I, I mean, mean, if we're talking strictly business, you would definitely be one of them, right? You know, I think having a, a business partner that's in the same stage of business or a similar stage of business as you is extremely beneficial because, you know, where you may be further ahead of me in some space. Uh, and I can learn from you. I think I can definitely contribute back in other spaces, right? Say, Hey, I've experienced this recently. We've got employees doing X, Y, and Z, right? Like, what do I do here? How do we, how do we handle this? Right. Um, so I think having somebody you can go back and forth on and, and collaborate, uh, is extremely beneficial, um, because it's kind of hard to sometimes take advice from somebody that's, uh, you know, 10, 15 years down the road from you, because it's not necessarily as applicable and, uh, you know, the, the rules of yesterday aren't the same as today, right? So it's kind of hard to take that advice. Uh, so this this relationship for me is huge. I mean, you and I collaborate all the time, and that's been that's been massively important to me. And, uh, you know, cool. somebody else would be like Jason Walsh. I know you know that I cue in on him for a lot of things. He, you know, he's a little more seasoned. He's, you know, about twice our age, but he's been uh, he's been in the real estate game for a long time. He's huge in investing. He's got an extraordinarily good business mind, and uh, he's just that. I mean, a dynamo for me. I mean, I, everything that I've I thought I knew has been turned upside down ever since knowing him. And it, you know, but he's also taken me under his wing a lot for leadership and and growth, and it's been awesome. Uh, so just uh, just because I love this story, just give me like a little one minute recap on how you met him and how it's changed yeah, your yeah, so that like it's changed little, everything. That was a big you. one, man. That uh, that relationship has been huge for me. Uh, Funny enough, it was actually kind of from my my early days of uh, the thousand calls a day. <laughs> yeah, he was one Facebook of them, leads, baby. He had a rental property that uh, he had posted for rent by owner. Uh, I had a client that was desperately looking for a house in this town that we couldn't find anything. We were running out of time because their home sale contingency was, you know, ticking. And uh, so I ended up calling him and saying, hey, I know you got this thing for rent. I ran the numbers on it. It looks like it could probably sell for about the same price range I have a client looking for right now. Said, you know, would you have any interest in getting rid of it? I, you know, I'll represent, you know, her and you. I'll make it super simple. We'll get this done. And, you know, he said no uh, at the time. Ended up calling me back about a week later. And he said, hey, I represent a real estate investment group. Um, you know, we're not necessarily as happy with our representation that we have right now with the agent that we're working with currently. We'd like to interview you to start working with us. Uh, so I met with them a few days later, uh, started working with them on a few properties and then was given an opportunity to buy into their uh, current portfolio and their investment group. And uh, ever since, man, things have blown up exponentially. We've got you know, multi-million dollar projects in like a handful of different areas. And it's, it's been crazier than I can imagine. It, it just goes to show you that you never know what Thank that you know, one yeah. phone call is going to lead to. And it was, and if I'm not mistaken, it, you know, he picked you and you stood out to him because you were doing things that like you were thinking outside the box. Like it's not very often that real estate agents call up a, somebody that has their house listed for rent and goes, Hey, do you actually want to sell it? Like you were, you were working hard for that customer. Yeah, hundred percent. And he and saw that's, that, right? Uh, that, that, that's kind of how that can You know, being able to demonstrate, uh, the, the ability and willingness to go above and beyond. And I told him too, cause I actually did end up eventually selling that house uh, three times actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, really? But uh, ultimately what had happened was I told him, I said, you know, if you give me an opportunity to sell and represent one of your properties, uh, you know, I promise you I'll do X, Y, and Z. And I told him I'd go 
door knock 500 homes in the area and hand out a flyer and see if they knew anybody that wanted to move their neighborhood trying to move that property and you know he said oh yeah you know i bet and then he ended up needing to go down there one day and he saw me with a big stack of papers knocking on neighbor's door he's like son of a gun i thought you were lying to me <laughs> that is the perfect transition about what i wanted to talk to next talk about next so the biggest thing that stands out to me about you and something that i'm like uber uber jealous of is just your freaking discipline man you are the most disciplined human being i've ever met in my life like you wake up every day and like excuse my language but you do the fucking work like there is nobody that can walk in your office and point at you and say you don't deserve to be here because you didn't do the work like you're the first one at the office every day you're the last one to leave <laughs> that's something you're working on i know with the balance deal but that's a whole that's a conversation for, for a different day so Tell me, tell me about like you're, you're a very routine guy and a very, you know, like getting a hold of you is like getting on the Pope's calendar. Like it's, it's unreal. So tell me about your morning routine, how you schedule your day and, and like, what does your calendar look like on a daily basis from the time your feet hit yeah, the floor? So, I mean, something I'll, I'll kind of make a comment on too is, and I don't know who's necessarily uh Q and into your podcast, but I'm sure there's a certain demographic of people that fall into the same category that you and I do is. We have terrible ADHD, right? So rigidity and structure is necessary, right? Uh, without it, I mean, it's just chaos. And so for Absolutely. me, I lived in chaos for a long time until I was able to figure out what makes me tick. Um, and for me, it's extraordinarily high levels of rigidity, which allows for it's easy to be disciplined when you're just following a, a routine, you know? Um, so for me, every day I have a, a habit tracker that I was talking to you about that I, it's just a piece of paper that just tracks everything that I need to do in order to have a good day that day. And it comes down to the simplest little things where, you know, I'm starting by, you know, waking up at 445 in the morning. I make my bed, take a cold shower, go to the gym. I'm here usually about 645, 7 a.m. is when I roll up to the office, spend a little time in gratitude, reviewing goals. I do my journaling sit there. I mean, you can call it meditating, but I'm basically visualizing kind of where I'd like to be and what I'd like to get done. And then I yeah. usually have my coaching sessions with one of my team members, depending on the day of the week at about seven 30, we dive into our team meeting at nine and then it's uh away we go with the day. So. How many, how many realtors meeting, are usually at the office? Uh, until about 10 o'clock. There's usually about three. So. Are you usually one of the oh, first two cars in the parking lot? I'm, yeah, I'm assuming the first one, which if is, not the first, um, yeah, unfortunately not hard to beat. I tell you, I could be here at nine and be the first one still, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's, it gives you that cause I, I'm the same way being, being super ADHD. If I don't get to the office before everybody else, I feel like just this sense of anxiety, mm -hmm. like I'm walking into mass chaos when I get there. Like if everybody beats me there, I know that there's already a problem and I'm going to walk right head first into that daggum thing. So, uh, but when it comes to your discipline, like, you know, obviously you're a super routine guy, you run a really tight calendar. Um, tell me a little bit about your secret weapon, ah, uh, yes. AKA Lexi. The secret weapon is the perfect way to put it, man. She has been the game changer. Fortunate enough to have her cross my path about two years ago. Uh, hired her on as a uh, executive admin, uh, kind of everything role uh, at the time. And uh, she's just, if I could replicate her a thousand times, it would be the best thing that could ever happen to me. She, she's got an enormous amount of drive, a giant heart. She's got a ton of buy-in. Uh, and probably one of my favorite things I didn't realize at the time, but now I know, and I will look forward forever, and anybody I continue to hire moving forward, is she is very resourceful. She will go to the end of every single you know, corner of the earth trying to figure out a solution before she comes to me and says, I don't know how to handle this. And man, that is just, it is the coolest thing. She, she's very driven. She's very, very poised and she is a dynamo. So, um, it's been a game changer. Dude, if you, if you could find a test that would teach you know, show you somebody's resourcefulness yeah. when, before you hired them, I would pay you a lot of money for it. I promise I would. Because that is the hardest thing to find I think that's, when you're yeah, looking at hiring I think that's one somebody. of the most challenging things, right? Like, you know, people look at their initial hires, right? And uh, when somebody, you know, you could onboard somebody and give them a, a task list of things that you need to get done that day. Well, a lot of people run into, you know, the people, oh, I don't know how to do this. And 
they haven't even really tried, right? So that's the big thing with her is she's going to try to do everything. And I've given her full liberty, right? And this is part of being a leader, right? Where I said, there's nothing I'm giving you that you can't mess up that I can't fix, right? So, uh, you know, so she just knows that she, she's better off trying and then asking for help later uh, than asking me for help right away. And it's been instrumental in our team's growth and our ability to continue to move forward and service clients at a higher level. And I actually don't think I've ever even told you this till now, but one of the biggest things I've learned from you, you know, you know, cause obviously we go back and forth all the time. We just run stuff by each other, but something I picked up without you even having to say it is you gave her permit, you submitted to her, gave her permission to hold you accountable. And that was like a, that was a big light switch for me in my leadership of, you know, like I was always like annoyed because nobody would be like, Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this and you got to do this. It was because I never submitted and I never gave them permission to do that. And I actually learned that from you. I just don't think I ever even told you that. Um, but I, I learned that from you watching Lex, watching you and Lexi and how you're just like, you know, like you're, you're, you're the boss all freaking day long. And when it comes to her, yeah. you're like, Oh, I need to do this. Yes, ma'am. Got it. Yes, ma'am. Got it. Like you submit and you, she holds you accountable and it works super, super well. If it wasn't for her, the team wouldn't have the spine. Right. And so, you know, if, if I'm not listening to her and I'm not doing what she says needs to be done, like it would be pretty foolish on my part. I mean, she puts a call list just like this every single day on my desk. And then she waits for me to bring it back to her so she can update the database with the contacts, appointments and notes for every single call session. Because I also know about myself. I won't do it myself. <laughs> so I lean on her to do it. Same. That, that list, that list right there. And you showing the list of the camera that's called receipts. Like you're not, you're not just talking about it. You're about it. It's every single day. So I'm going to dive a little deeper into the personal side of things. Like you and I, especially recently, now that we've hit certain tiers in our careers, you know, like we, in the beginning, like we both didn't have the greatest, you know, financial situations when we were in high school or college or whatever. Um, it's a story for a different day, but we chased money for a long time. And then money didn't, like it just, it didn't fill our cup. You know what I mean? Like there was, there was nothing at the end of the rainbow. Like you kept chasing the rainbow, chasing the rainbow, chasing the rainbow. And it was like, okay, well I can buy this, but I still am not that happy. Like what's going on. So tell me a little bit about like, I, I don't like the question, what's your why, but what keeps you going every day now, now that we've, you know, kind of learned a little, you know, a little bit about that and that the money's not quite enough. What keeps you going every day now? Like, why are you still so freaking disciplined yeah, I mean, day in and day out? To kind of comment back on what you said, like, I think everybody's initial uh, driver, or not everybody, but a, a large majority of people, right? It's it's money, right? You start out and you start running towards the money and then you start making money. I think it's a good, you know, it's a good place to start, right? Because it's a very tangible, trackable, you can see where you're at. Yeah. Uh, but then eventually, you know, you start to realize, yeah, there's there's no cheese at the end of that tunnel. I mean, that move, that it just keeps just keeps moving, right? Like, you know, between you make a hundred, then two fifty. Yeah, Rainbow gets longer and longer and you never reach the end. Up with it. And truthfully, you know, that you have the bigger house, nicer car, all that stuff. Doesn't really do anything for you. It's cool for a day. And then you just say, you don't care. Right. And then it's just another, uh, you know, uh, expense and more of a headache. Right. Um, I mean, half the time I wish I lived in a little apartment again, because it's just too much clean. And I'll Dude, the, the most peaceful time of my entire life was when I, you know, made upper six figures and I sold yeah. everything, got divorced <laughs> right. and lived in a camper. I mean, dude, that, I'm telling you, that was the most peaceful time of my life. I didn't have all these thoughts running through my head of I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to go make sure that I close enough mm -hmm. loans so I can make payroll and I can pay this bill yeah. and this bill. Like it was just super peaceful. But anyways, that's, but like what, what, yeah. what is your why so now, that's, now that's that been, it's not mine? Yeah, that's been probably one of the most difficult things to think about uh, uh, because it's, I think what I've come to terms with now is it's a conjunction of things and it's also, uh, it, it's forever changing, right? So uh, you can't really necessarily define it as this is the one thing forever and this is what it is and this is the way it's going to be. I think it's a good thing for it to be organically changing. It's healthy because you change, right? And so your vision changes, your life changes. Um, and I think there's a lot of facets along the way that kind of, uh, you know, they kind of play into, you know, your overarching, uh, goals. Right. And so for me, you know, in many, many ways, right. Like a big one was accomplished last week, right. Like 
uh, you know, I've got I've got the woman of my dreams, and I want to marry her. And, and finally, uh, was able to get in a position to to uh, ask her to marry me. So maybe for me, that that was a huge one. But I can't say that that's my why, right? The the whole you know goal is well, you know, we'll get married, have kids, and have a whole life that we can create together. But um, it's just a piece of it, right? So. I, you know, you, and you've seen my vision wall, right? Everything plays into a deeper meaning. Um, uh, but I think if I had to pin it down on something um, that I can say a lot of things tie into, at least, is its growth, right? Um, I'm very growth driven. If I feel like I don't have something I'm moving towards and I feel stagnant, uh, it's extremely uncomfortable. Um, so I set these goals, uh, you know, and some of them still, right? They, they can be... Um, you know, just tangible, you know, it could be a lake cabin, a boat, things like that. Right. Um, but the reason is because I want to become the guy that can have the thing. Right. And so in order to do so, I need to grow. And so I'm setting these goals as uh, tangible benchmarks. It's like, okay, well now I got it. Right. So now I know that I've evolved because the guy today doesn't necessarily deserve the things I want for the guy tomorrow. Uh, so I got to do some growth and I got to, I got to become a better version, you know, of myself in order to get there. Uh, so, you know, and I think that plays into everything, right? So, you know, I got to be a better, Absolutely. better partner, right? Better listener, 100%. better leader. Uh, I got to be a better agent so I can service more people. Uh, and I tell you a lot of this stuff too. I mean, the reason for growth is because I like to share it, right? Doing things like this, having friends like you, right? That's the reason for growth is, you know, then you can help more people like the, the guy that I was five years ago. Maybe you could help five people today. Hopefully it's, you know, maybe it's 50. Right. There's just there's more impact you can make uh, as you evolve as a human being. And I think that's a really, really cool thing to think about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you know, just to touch on what you said about the, you know, about the tangible items, I, I think it took both of us a long time to realize that we didn't necessarily yeah. want those for us. Like, like I like having the things so that I can treat my friends and my family and, and they're able to do things that they're not, they're, they're, right. that they're not normally able to do. Yeah. It's not really, it's not really for my own satisfaction. It's because I like seeing them smile and I like seeing them happy. And, you know, just to touch on that a little bit, I think it took us both a long time to learn that up until just recently, like the stuff wasn't totally. fulfilling us. So what is, what is it? But it's the, it's the family and friends totally. being able to treat people to stuff. So next question for you, when it comes to your personality type, I, I mean, you're obviously, we just talked about this at the beginning, you're an introvert, right? So what are the things that you do? Because in both of our roles, we somewhat have to be extroverted. You do. I mean, yeah, not, not even sure. somewhat, we, we do have to be extroverted during the day. Yeah. Like we like we do, like there's times we can be introverted, but most of the time we have to push ourselves to be extroverted because we're both similar personality types. What are some of the things you do to make sure that you attain that? And then second follow-up question after that, or what are some things that you do to unwind? Yeah, because it can be it's for exhausting. Sure. I think where I made the mistake in the past is I used to try to have uh, many appointments uh, over the course of many days. Uh, and I never gave myself a nice reset period. And I would go straight into doing that same thing into the weekend and then it would all start back over again on Monday. Um, and I was forcing myself into it and it was not, uh, it was not conducive, right? Because I, I have a social battery and when it runs out, it doesn't matter if I'm in deployment, I'm not there. I don't want to be there. It's very obvious. I, I'm not the version of myself that they expect. And so it's just a waste of time. Um, I know what I'm able to, uh, I'm, I have kind of a set parameter of I know I'm able to be the top version of myself for this long in front of this many people. And so I only schedule that many appointments a day. Uh, and I do give myself days off where I say this is my inner office day. I'm not going out and meet with anybody. I'm wearing sweatpants and I'm not showering this morning. <laughs> Dude, love that. Love that. Yep. I, do, I do the same thing. I do no appointment Mondays. No point Mondays because I'm freaking exhausted and I just like, it just gives me a bunch of anxiety to know I have to talk to a crap ton of people on Monday morning. So that's paperwork day. Um, so when it comes to your business right now, what's the biggest thing you're working on, especially in this market shift? 
what, like what's your biggest struggle yeah, and the biggest so, thing I you're mean, working I think on right what now happens with anybody that grows really uh, uh well relatively rapidly right is well <laughs> you know Very when you're quickly. talking doubling growth year over year for five years it just th- there's there's things get overlooked right so like i've got all the time in the world to work on my business initially because i don't have any business right uh and then the business comes well then you start to realize there's a lot of holes in the ship right and i gotta yeah so now yeah, and then you know you get then that you roller the coaster. fear monster of well when things slow down i gotta lead generate i don't have time to work on my business because i gotta you know i gotta get some business or else i'm gonna run out of business and then i'll be you know so um you know i've actually been utilizing this this uh little bit of a lull in the market or at least you know relative slow down to what we've seen over the last two years um to start passing those holes right improving so uh, you know improving systems improving uh you know processes how we how we operate all the little things that we've recognized needed time and effort and energy uh but we necessarily haven't had the time to do um so we are we're trying to come full bore out of this once things start to normalize again that we will be polished and ready to rock uh but also we're using a lot of this time too to reconnect with relationships that we haven't been able to pour into as much um we're doing a lot of networking a lot of uh growth you know growth conferences meet with people um, and then just really trying to establish a really, really sturdy base that we can, you know, pivot off of once things do again, kind of normalize, or at least whatever people determine that is. And um, so it's been a very good time to really kind of get the ducks back in a row, uh, as well as just kind of make, you know, setting up things for the future too, in terms of, you know, f- you know, future pipeline, things like that. Absolutely. So, and, you know, just because I know there'll be a lot of, a lot of other mortgage lenders and real estate agents or, or like businesses watching this, what is the most important personality trait or strength that you think it takes to like, they have to have it to succeed in Man, this industry? I, I think if I have to speak for myself, uh, it would just be tenacity, right? Um, because I think that a lot of people, the reason that there's such a high turnover rate in, in both of our industries is uh, people get worn out, they get defeated, and then they tap out, right? And you've seen that, uh, you know, you've seen that analogy of the, you know, the diamond miner, and he turns around right after he's a foot away from, from striking, right? So I think that the thing is, is like, I, I came into this with no skill, right? I came in this with no leadership, no business, no business skill, no sales skill, Um but I just was determined and said, I'm going to make this work one way or another. Uh, and I think just having the tenacity and willingness to withstand the test of time is huge because I really do feel like most anybody, and I feel like I'm a good example of if I can do it, you can do it kind of thing. Uh, you can do well in this if you stick with it. But it, it does, I mean, man, I can tell you, it is hard. I mean, it is like, the most difficult thing I've ever had to overcome is the constant rejection day over day for years. And it isn't. Oh, you're just, broke at the no end money. of every month. No, there's nothing that's working out for you. You know, you, you like the days are long. They're exhausting. You're putting in effort. You're not seeing any results. And then you have the, of course, the comparison, uh, you know, which is the biggest thief of all the joy that you could even get, you know, capture at that time where you look at your friend. Who's oh, doing my God. Absolutely. Like, Man, why don't I just go get a W-2 job and, and start collecting paychecks? I know it's not what I can maybe make here eventually, but it's better than the two grand a month I'm rolling in today. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, you're, you're a hard worker. You obviously have really learned your personality type. What makes you tick? What's your favorite productivity hack for for introverted people in this business? uh, You know, I I lean back again on that uh, on that habit tracker. For me, it it, it bolsters my productivity in an enormous way. Um, And then again, to steer back into the whole relationships thing, for me, I've found that the best way to meet good people is through good people you already know, right? Uh, some of the best relationships I have in my life now are people I've met through you, for example, right? And uh, and the simplest thing to do from there, right, and is likewise. just ask those people, hey, man, I'm, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to, you know, meet more people like yourself, you know, and then you use that whole, right, that whole dynamic of the triangle of trust to say, hey, let's the three of us go grab a drink or grab lunch, whatever it is. 
uh, then you can kind of lean on the relationship you already have to formulate a new one and you grow organically. And then that's fun. I mean, for me, even being introverted, I don't mind because uh, if I got my touch point of the person I already know, they get to know somebody else that they already have a relationship with. Way right. Like that's a comfortable yeah. social setting. Like when you're, it, yep. cause it's, in, it's an intimate social setting, which is different than going yeah, and yeah. talking to a stranger or somebody you don't know that well. hundred percent, hundred percent. So, um, it, it's been like, I brag about you all the time. Cause uh, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm part-time in South Dakota and part-time in Texas. I go back and forth. I still have some loan officers in South Dakota and then I'm here in Texas, but it's been amazing to watch you grow your business like through those deep relationships while everybody else is chasing the instant gratification of you know paid for leads for example you know like we have a couple of buddies in the industry that we all kind of started together right and we all started it was like i mean i'm i will just say it cuz i love you to death but you were sucking hind tit like they were, they were just, they were killing you off, but you, because of your discipline, like you kept the blinders on, there were times you wanted to peek a little bit, obviously, you know, cause there's like, what, what the hell am I doing wrong? Like what, what's going on? And you know, all these people in the industry have just always consistently chased this instant gratification while you took the slow route, the discipline route of building deep, deep relationships. And now they all come to you for advice. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what what made you steer away from that instant gratification? Because I, f- I feel like 98 or 99% of realtors, they may say they don't buy leads, yeah. but they do. They just don't buy a lot. So they don't, they're like, oh, I don't buy that right. much. And most of them don't even know their P&Ls anyways. So right. they don't really know how much they spend. So, so what, what made you I mean, not uh, chase that? I, I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for, but truthfully, man, it was because of the conversion rate. I mean, I tell you, my days of, of working on cold leads, I just, that's not who I am. Yeah. And um, it's not a space I'm comfortable in. So it was pretty much burned money at that point. I just couldn't, it wasn't working for me. So um, that's a big reason why. But I also, truthfully, I mean, just knowing what I know, I mean, even when I was able to convert one here and there initially, uh, it just wasn't the type of relationships that I was uh, really enjoying, right? And so I was around these people. We were selling homes, but then I'd never talk to them again because I couldn't even get a hold of them because we had nothing in common, right? You can't build a sustainable, relate, uh, right. sorry, a sustainable business on on one offs, right? Like you need a referral based business, and I'm like, I can't. I don't want to have to grind for five hours a day every day in order to pay my bills, right? And I've Talking Bingo. to people, talking to people I, that you I'm don't even want to talk to. Enough to where a lot of my business stays in touch with me because I've I've established myself as one as the connections guy, right? So that's been huge too. Is um, I have somebody for everything that you need, and I make sure that everybody knows that, and I have the best person in that space. So if you need something, you call me, and so my database calls me all the time. It's the most effortless way to stay in touch that I've ever found, and truthfully, it's a very, very easy way to keep my organic growth going. I mean, I get calls for come list me leads all the time uh, because my database and I have a great relationship, right? My sphere and I are how I grow. And uh, I don't have to rely on outbound as much. Now, I still incorporate it, right? You know, I'll still call you for sale by owners and expires, right? But that's if I'm looking for, you know, a little more growth, uh, you know, for whatever strategic reason that may be, right? It, it seems like I don't know why. Like it, it is just astonishing to me the amount of realtors that would rather go buy Zillow leads and call their Zillow leads, but they haven't like actually picked up the phone and called their database yeah. and, since they've closed. Like it, it, it's absolutely astonishing. So to attest to that a little bit, what percentage of your business today comes from your database? Or, I your, mean, or your sphere. Last we ran the numbers, it was over eighty percent. You know, uh, uh, and how years. long? And how long have you been in the business? So five years because you did what you were supposed to do and kept in touch with your database. Like you would have paid 
you would have paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to Zillow oh, to get those same amount least, of leads. You would have paid well over a hundred grand to get those. But instead you got them by picking up the phone yeah, and calling and people that you actually like to That's talk to. That's the biggest thing. It's enjoyable. Yeah, but it's not the instant gratification of they might buy a house right, right this second, so nobody does it. Like, like how many? Like, I would say, how many people do you run across that are selling their house that maybe they were a first-time home buyer when they bought it? They just bought it two or three years ago, and you're in there in the listing appointment. They don't oh, remember who, it's who most, their agent I mean, was. you know, because ultimately, a lot of the people that come to me through my sphere. Uh, they have worked with another agent in the past, right? Um, but, you know, if they haven't heard from that agent in several years, and then they have a friend that has a good relationship with me that says, this is the person you need to talk to. It's it's no questions asked, right? There's no competition. I'm going in there. I'm taking the listing. I'm, I'm getting the deal 95% of the time uh, because, you know, people want people that will look out for them, right? And when you have that reputation, you don't even need to sell. Absolutely. 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 So like two more questions here and I'll quit grilling you. I promise. Uh, it, in life, business, whatever, like in general, what's your biggest failure so far? Ooh, and what'd you learn from that experience? Biggest failure. Um, you know what? My biggest failure that I can still pin up and it, I beat myself up about it uh, regularly. And I still am trying to get away from that is I chase the money and said, F it to everything else. And I tossed away friendships, you know, I tossed away relationships, you know, with, you know, either, uh, you know, somebody I was dating at the time or my family. Um, I, I threw everything down the toilet, chasing numbers in a bank account. And then I finally got to the, where I wanted to be, where I thought I wanted to be. And I was miserable and I was lonely. And it, well, I didn't feel, didn't feel good, any different. I yeah. that. It sucked. It was awful. It was a very low point for me. Spiritually, I was terrible. Physically, I was in the worst shape of my life. I was, you, you know, uh, personally, my mental health was awful, right? My friends and family haven't seen me in a year at the time. You know what I'm saying? It was just, there was not even a blip on the radar in terms of actual, like, love life relationships. I mean, it was, it was bad uh, because I was running after the wrong thing. And I got it. Like, don't get me wrong. I got it. But man, it's, it was the worst thing that I've experienced since I started. Like, like, you know, we were all told that when we started, you know, like there's no, there's that, that pot at the end of the rainbow, you're never going to find it. It's not there. Do you think in a way that, especially guys like us that, you know, I mean, we, I'm not going to say I grew up with money and then didn't have money and then had to go make my own. So, I mean, I grew up know, somewhat wealthy. And then it all disappeared in 2008. You grew up not very wealthy for the most part. And so do you feel like people like us that when we get out into the workforce and that's all we're checking, do, do you feel like it's just inevitable well, that I, we have I, to I love the saying way? that uh, everybody knows that money doesn't buy happiness, but everybody also wants to find out for themselves, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Saying. I've never so, heard but that I think actually, but I love too, that man. And We've had this conversation in the past too, where, you know, um, I, I think that everybody has their back against the wall that has a lot of drive, right? And so you're running away from something. And I think uh, for a lot of us, it's you, you, you're trying to get away from uh, what you remember being insecure, you know, whether that's financially or however that determined, uh, you know, major role in your life is you're trying to get away from that. So you know, you're chasing the money to try to create this level of security in your life. Uh, but then you get it right. And then there's that pivotal switch where you're going purely out of fear that gives you motivation to get away as far away as you can from this, you know, imaginary wall that you got your back up against. But eventually there's where that, you know, scale tips and you're no longer running away from something. You get inspired and you start running towards something. You start going towards the thing that lights you up and then you're excited to be here. You're not doing this because you're panicked or fearful. You're doing this because you love it. And that for me was a very big switch. Dude, that, that was amazing. Like that gave me chill bumps. That was an amazing answer. I, and I've heard you say it somewhat like that before, but not that eloquently and that well-spoken. And I can tell that 
that's something you've had some deep thought about because that was very well spoken. Um, last couple questions here. You're, I know that you're a reader. Uh, if you're anything like me, you probably don't love to read, but you do it because you know you're supposed to. Um, top three books you'd recommend? You know, well, and I here's the problem too is I'm I'm always I'm always popping stuff on Audible, so I can't I don't even know if I necessarily know the names of these books uh, as as much as I know the new Ed Milet book. Uh, I just finished that. Uh, absolutely phenomenal, man! That Unbelievable. Book, it lights me up. It's very conversational. Oh, I dropped you for a sec. Okay. Um, yep, I can hear you. But yeah, new, that Ed Milet book uh, th- that he just released is, is huge, man. I love that one. I love that Simon Sinek book. Um, Start with why. I think that's what it's called. That one is yep. huge. Um, yep, that's it. And then just because I'm I'm a big like uh, vibrational energy, I think the energy you bring and give is the energy that you receive, right? Uh, well, I'm going to take it energy a bus. further go a little more hooey on you, man. The, uh, that, uh, the secret, uh, I think is, yeah. It's the secret. The coolest. Oh yeah. I'm going to have to read that one because I've not read that one. It talks about like, it's, it's essentially the law of attraction, but it's like the kind of the fundamental theory behind the law of attraction where it gets a little hooey. Some of it's a little bit out there, but I think the theory behind it is awesome because when you sit there with your thoughts and you reprogram your subconscious, uh, that's what's going to dictate a lot of your life, right? I think that they, there's, uh, I, I don't know, and forgive me because these numbers are going to be wrong, but it says something amongst the, the you know, statistics of, you know, about 5% of your thoughts are conscious, then the other 95% are subconscious, right? So when you have a thought, um, you try to control how you feel in your conscious is, is and they kind of gave the analogy of it would be the equivalent of an ant trying to control an elephant, <laughs> right? Like you have to spend time in, in meditation, reprogramming the way that you are, your like your neurological patterns are, are processed. So that book, man, that it's, it's insanely, it's insanely useful for me at least. Yeah. I'm going to have to read that one because I have not read that one yet. So we got just a couple of minutes here uh, to wrap up. So what what's one message? Like if, if there's a realtor, a mortgage lender, like any entrepreneur out there listening to this right now, like what's one message that you would have for them right now going into these uncertain times, this market, like whether it, you know, be disciplined mindset, like whatever, what's one message that you want to share? Own. <laughs> for sure. We need people, man that we need people like I need you, like we lean on each other for so many things. And, you know, in a, in a state of uh, slowdown or decline or however you want to define things, it can be a little bit more difficult. And there's a little bit of solace knowing that you're not alone, but there's also a lot of strategic game planning that can come from saying, Hey man, I'm getting a little stuck right now. What are you doing? Right. Um, stop trying to do everything on your own. That's a big mm-hmm. thing. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, that's been, that's huge, huge, man. Well, I want to tell you, thank you so much. I love you, dude. Uh, you've been a huge blessing in my life as a friend, as a business partner. Uh, you're an inspiration to me. Um, dude, I love and I just want to tell you, thank, thank you for coming on today. Man. This is cool. You're doing big things with this, brother. This is, this is pretty kick-ass. <laughs>